Hello, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast, brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And this week we have a special return guest. He's one of our old Muppet Nerd Pals guest. Please tell us who you are. Hi, I'm Matthew Soberman, and uh, I write for a website called ToughPigs.com. I have heard, heard, of it, heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, thanks for coming back and joining us, Matthew. Well, technically, I haven't come back. I've been in the back room since my last appearance. Did the Muppets foil that jewel robbery? <laughs> uh, they did, yes. You, Yeah, you were here for... Uh, you haven't been waiting in the back room that long because you were uh, you were with us for sort of toward the well, end. Well, I was going to leave, but then they said I needed to quarantine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, topical. <laughs> Unfortunately topical yeah i may have said this on on mike before but there was a period of time when we started recording the season where i was like yeah maybe we just shouldn't make references to the pandemic and then in case people are listening in the future they won't have to think about it but everyone has to think about the pandemic all the time now so but this is a time capsule people will study this and know oh this pandemic was going on it is yes that's right <laughs> all those future historians who turn to this muppet movie podcast to to find out what was happening yes j- just like our dozens of listeners yes exactly and all today right. our dozens of listeners will hear us talk about minutes 37 and 38 of The Muppets Take Manhattan, in which Kermit has stopped shaving and Scooter is working at a movie theater. Uh, So the clip opens at the very end of the song Rat Scat, which we covered in detail last week. uh, Tatooie is falling into a can of flour as Rizzo is finishing his scatting. Uh, Seems like there's one more. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Seems like there's one more cool puppet trick here. When Tatooie falls into the flower, he starts coughing and sneezing, and it looks like the puppet is actually expelling flour from its mouth. Yeah, I was thinking about how did they do that? Because I genuinely have no idea. I don't know, like, unless there's something, like maybe like a, a squeak like, toy type mechanism that the, the puppeteer just squeezes and the stuff comes out. I don't really know. Or I'm thinking like a straw and a bunch of powder and just blowing in time with the cough. Mm. Yeah, they they had that's what they used to do for explosions like on the old uh, variety show days. They would have somebody blow uh talcum powder through a tube. Oh, so, well, there you go. So yeah, that's very likely. Yeah, could be. There's another puppeteer down there with a straw. How <laughs> do you like that job being the guy whose whose job it is to blow flour through a straw? And then it's And the- that puppeteer was Frank Oz. Could be, <laughs> you know. I was going to say pan down, it's a prehistoric bird. He looks at the camera and says, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so, Matthew, you weren't here with us last week. Do you have any general uh, thoughts or comments on Ratscat? Uh, it's a brilliantly choreographed uh, piece of film. It's When you think of Muppets and choreography, that's uh, like, I'm thinking, like, couldn't we ride in the great Muppet caper? All, you know, the bike riding scenes. That's like just great Muppet choreography. That's true. And, yeah. They're both technical marvels, but also just really pleasing to watch. Yeah. Pleasing to the eye. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so then uh, we see Jenny and Kermit washing the dishes. I guess, I don't know if, if Pete's doesn't have a, a dishwasher, um, but uh, it's these two are, are doing it by hand. Jenny I think at- that his, 
his only other employees are the rats, right? Uh, and, yes. So, yeah, it's the rats and Kermit and Jenny. And they can't load the dishwasher. They can't carry those plates barely. They can barely carry them. Yeah, you're right. It well, would probably maybe take... if he had hired the penguins. <laughs> there you go. Could they, I don't know. Could they load the dishwasher with their flippers? Their I mean, wings? maybe they're just skilled dishwasher. Do penguins have flippers people? or wings? Uh, good question. I guess fli- I guess flippers. They look like flippers. I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we ask Summer Penguin? She's a private investigator. Oh. She would know. Now Summer probably has like fingers on the cartoon, right? On my baby. Yeah, she has like finger. She has like finger wings, like Sam the Eagle. Yes. Also, she has a propensity to draw, so that requires oh, you would a bit need to be able yeah, to clutch some true. sort of writing implement to to do that. That's okay. It's true. And she and she holds a spyglass often. So oh, cool. So she's also like a detective. Yeah, that's one of her signatures. She has this song called Summer Penguin P.I. Or the song is called I'm on the Case. But at the start of it, she says Summer Penguin P.I. And in that song, she says, my spyglass makes things a million times bigger so I don't miss anything small. And I'm not sure that math is accurate. <laughs> wow. Um, we, listen to the, we listen to that Muppet Baby soundtrack a lot. So I have yeah, a lot of time to think about that. I, I really haven't seen nearly enough of Muppet Babies, so. I gotta catch up one of these days. Well, I've seen I've seen every episode. Mm. It's a good mm. one. It's good. I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, by all accounts, and from everything I've seen, it's great. Um, so back to the scene. Jenny asks Kermit when he's going to start growing that mustache that he mentioned, and he tells her he stopped shaving three days ago. Uh, she looks very carefully at his face and says, "Well, it's subtle." Now, I I, I have to say something here. This completely contradicts the scene in The Great Muppet Caper where he says he wishes he could grow whiskers. Yes. But, but it doesn't, though, because he clearly hasn't grown any whiskers. And in The Great Muppet Caper, he also shaved, even though he couldn't grow but he whiskers. he doesn't use a blade. So when he, says, <laughs> when he says he stopped shaving three days ago, it could just mean that he stopped putting shaving cream on his face and wiping it off. Oh, so he just does that every day. He that that same routine that we saw in the Great Muppet Caper. He's just doing that every single day, just smearing shaving yes. cream on his face and wiping it off with just a, a a disposable razor with with no blade in it. Yes, but he stopped three days ago. Okay, yeah, and that explains why uh, she doesn't actually see anything on his face. And she then she just kind of looks and it's like it's subtle. Like, how are you going to say? You are wasting your time, Frog. Yeah, no, Jenny is way too nice for that. She's not going to say that. For um, sure. So, on a whim, I googled, can frogs grow mustaches? I didn't actually <laughs> expect to find anything, but here's what I did find. Uh, according to an article on the website New Scientist, and I found this on a few other places too, there is a species of toad called Leptobrachium boringi which is also known as the mustache toad. And they're called that because the males grow spines on their upper lips, which they use to fight other males during mating season. So I I thought it was just because toad was hanging out too much with Mario and Luigi. (laughs) And they, yeah. (laughs) When toad Toad from super Mario grows a mustache, he will be also mustache toad. You, d- did either of you guys play uh, Mario Kart World Tour, the mobile game? No, no. Because one of the one of the variants you can get in that game is Toad Party Time, 
and Toad Party Time has like a birthday hat on, and he holds up a little prop mustache, like from a photo booth. Oh, does he try to around. does he try to fight other Toads with it because it's mating season? Uh, I mean, he's, he's in a he's in a race with seven <laughs> other drivers from the Mario world. So he's trying so, to fight no. everybody. He can't fight everybody. He's trying to fight Daisy Bowser, yeah. Dixie Kong, everyone. Yeah, so that's that's the mustache toad of of the Super Mario world. I don't know what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about here, but um, yeah. So and anyway, Kermit is not a toad. Of course, he's a frog. But you know, maybe one of uh, Kermit's cousins out there is a a mustache toad who who can actually grow a mustache every once in a while and and use it to fight his enemies. So um, basically, you know, Kermit is broke, but he has money to buy to waste. Unknown cans of shaving cream. <laughs> right, Just... presumably. That's what he's doing. That's Yeah, that's what he started spending his money from Pete's on. Forget uh, the show. He's just got to get rid of, got to got to take care of that uh, shaving cream fix. Yeah. Uh, except not anymore. Now he's, he's growing out the mustache. So now Kermit is also ready for the second part of his plan, but we don't actually get to hear about what that is. Because Pete says, hey, frog, mail come. And that is uh, mail. As Kermit says, it must be from the gang. Mail addressed to Kermit. Uh, He and Jenny go over to look and see what it is. And uh, there's this little moment where we see Rizzo supervising Yolanda, who is cutting parsley. She said, he says, now, Yolanda, chopping is an art. You got to be smooth. And she hits him in the gut with the technique that is not unlike Miss Piggy's. And, uh, you know, it, it, it seems pretty clear that that was, uh, unwanted attention from Rizzo. Like he has his arm around her. He's, he's, uh, so, you know, good for you, Yolanda. Yeah. He's being a real hornball. It's gross. Yeah. I don't know if they make a terrible pairing or the best pairing. Cause it is clear Yolanda, you know, even going further down the Muppet canon into the 2015 sitcom, Yolanda is having none of Rizzo's nonsense. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. We should uh, we should see more of that uh, dynamic. Maybe like Yolanda just rejecting Rizzo constantly. Would that oh, be fun? I do want before we move into the postcard scene. I did want to. I, I I know we he just sort of mentions the second part of his plan, and obviously you'll discuss that with another uh, with another guest. But I I had to know how what is Kermit's big scheme here because. The idea I start to start to get is he wants to look like a big shot so people will take him seriously. But what he's done so far is storm into a talent agency. And basically, it's clear that Lenny, I'm right. Le- the guy's name is Lenny, right? Yes, Lenny, yeah, baby cool. sweetheart. Yes, baby. Lenny, Sacco Lenny, Sacco Lenny. But uh, it's clear that Lenny knows that this is a fake. He doesn't. He throws the, the script away. How does he think that this plan is going to evolve? Well, it's Kermit doesn't he know has, that he, he threw has it away. Earned one of, at, at least a relatively major power player in the industry. But he doesn't Did know he that. Not that. What? Kermit doesn't know that. He tells Jenny that he thinks it went well. Lenny doesn't throw it in the garbage until Kermit leaves the room, breathing heavily like a weirdo. Kermit doesn't see him throw it away. This is true, <laughs> but I, I just get the feeling like, what is his end game here? 
Yeah, like, I mean, I guess his overall plan is just to to trick people into to build up his name. Yeah, I guess just to kind of trick people into thinking that he's a bigger deal than he is. I I I just get the feeling like this isn't helping him accomplish his goal. No, not really. And that kind of goes back to something we've talked about before, which is like, what what is he because really? Because if anyone doing? hears, oh, that's Kermit the Frog, the first thing they're going to do is say, who is Kermit the Frog? Yeah. Well, he's a famous, famous producer. What's this Manhattan Melodies? Right. That's what he's. That's that is the second part of the plan, as we will see uh, in a few minutes. But. Um, yeah, he's just trying to, uh, I guess, take a shortcut to making sure that people in the, the Broadway uh, world know who he is. I, I, It's not a good plan, no. No, it's not, and I don't think it's terribly helpful in accomplishing his vision. No. So as we move no. from Muppet to Vision to 3D... Aha! <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. No, that's great. Um, right the there. postcard that has arrived is from Scooter. Um, I get before we move on. I guess anything else about the the kitchen scene, or are we good there? Okay, that I, kid, I would love to walk through that kitchen. Just to that hang just out with looks the like a, an inviting. You know, as far as diner New York diner kitchens go, that looks very inviting and homey. Hmm. All right. I guess when I go to a diner, I, I don't normally think about walking through the kitchen but it looks like a yeah it looks like a a cozy one that is true usually you're just thinking like i am exhausted i just want to eat yes yes uh bring on the chicken fried steak or whatever <laughs> uh so oh I, I, the question that i'm usually asking when i sit down at a diner is do they have free refills on soda here <laughs> usually in new don't. york good luck yeah almost never Anyway, so the postcard that has arrived is from Scooter. He says he's in Cleveland, and he's managing a huge movie house. We see the exterior of this movie theater called the Plaza. Um, I did try to... I, I made a sort of half-hearted attempt to try to find this movie theater. Um, I was not able to come up with anything. There was a theater that used to be in the Bronx, like, uh, like almost 100 years ago, called the Plaza, but I... That's not it, because it, I think that one closed in the 30s, the 1930s. So uh, if anyone out there knows what this uh, movie theater is, please let us know. Uh, I mean, it was all pretty much, the film was pretty much shot in the New York area, right? Yeah, I figured if not in the five boroughs, that maybe it could have been like Westchester County or Long Island somewhere, this movie theater. Maybe, but maybe Jersey. Like, could have been in New Jersey, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I should have Googled like Plaza Movie Theater in New Jersey, but I, I didn't think of that. But anyway, it's not that important, but I do like to know these little things. Yeah. Uh, this... Especially if it's someplace fans can visit and say, oh, I went to that establishing yeah, theater. Yeah, I guess I would be shocked if this little movie theater was still a movie theater uh, all these years later, but it would be cool to oh. know where it is. Yeah, well... It's not if you room. happen to live in a location near the Plaza Theater, please right. contact. I, I, I'm pretty certain that it's not actually in Cleveland. <laughs> That's no, no, no. I haven't. No, I'm sure. Yeah. Not. <laughs> so Joe Hennig can't help us. Well, it's right. I was actually going to say. So we should mention um, our frequent guest and Tough Pigs uh, co-editor Joe Hennig is from Cleveland. That's his hometown. Yeah. 
And so before we were going to record, I asked him if he had anything he wanted to say about the Cleveland scenes in this movie. Ah. If you wanted to contribute any Cleveland material. And all he told me was, um, I've seen a lot of movies in Cleveland, some of them in 3D. Ah. I appreciate that Scooter is the one who ends up in Cleveland because he's sort of lame and so is Cleveland. <laughs> and I don't think Cleveland has a big Swedish population. It'd make more sense if he was the Polish chef. Oh, interesting. So, so there's there's Joe with his Cleveland material for okay. this episode. Thank you for that. Well, perhaps yep. the, the Swedish chef has uh, has has uh, developed a taste for uh, for cooking Polish boys, which, if you know your sandwiches, is a type of sandwich popular in the Cleveland area. It is comprised of, I believe, a Polish sausage. Uh, I am looking this up as I type this. Great. Uh, it is made with uh, kielbasa, I'm sorry, uh, covered with French fries and a layer of barbecue sauce or hot sauce and a layer of coleslaw. And you said that's called a Polish boy? It's called the Polish boy. All right, boy. so <laughs> if anyone out there wants to accurately recreate the Cleveland movie-going experience uh, more accurately than this movie does... Uh, get yourself a, a Polish boy sandwich and then go to see a movie. <laughs> in 3D. Uh, yes. In 3D. Um, so I was going to say about Cleveland, I've never been, there. I've never been to Ohio ever. Um, but for whatever reason, I think Cleveland is like the funniest city name. I oh, say it often. Yeah. Like I will often say that I would just like, just like anytime I need to reference a city, it's almost always that. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you if you ask my daughter Iris like where I want to visit, she she says Cleveland because she thinks it's true because I talk about it all the time. Yeah, but it's all but it's all jokes. Like I mean, I well, sure I'll go to Cleveland if someone wants to invite me. But right, well, it's and like fun to say. It's also a city name, like a funny name of a city, but it's just funny on its own. It's not funny because it's a funny sounding word, like Walla Walla, Washington. That's funny, but it's funny because it's Walla Walla Washington, you know? Or, like, Poughkeepsie is funny because it's just... Uh, the the name Poughkeepsie just sounds funny when you let it pop out of your mouth. But Cleveland is just funny because it's Cleveland. Right. If that makes sense. And again, like, like genuinely no disrespect. You know, know. like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's a fine city, whatever, but... I, I, I can actually attest to this. I have been to Cleveland. It is a, it is a very nice city. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I've never been there myself. I I would like to someday. Yeah, but yeah, it is. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is quite a nice experience. Oh, yeah. It sure is. Yeah, Yeah. I gotta get there one of these days. Um, Ryan, let's meet up at Cleveland. Yeah, let's do it. You know what? It's probably roughly equidistant for us, weirdly. Like, I'm sure not exactly, but like, I think we're both traveling about halfway. Uh, All right, we could do it. And, uh, you know, we could. Uh, meet Joe's relatives. Yeah, well, don't something. Meet Joe's we're not relatives. telling Joe we're going. No, we're just yeah, gonna go meet his family. He's gonna find out on this podcast. Yes, surprise. That, the day <laughs> that this podcast goes up, we will be in Cleveland. Yes, <laughs> correct. Um, I would also submit movie. that Cincinnati is a funny city name. Yeah, probably. But I think it falls also more under the category of this. It's kind of a funny sounding word, Cincinnati. So is Ohio comprised of just funny sounding cities? I mean, Columbus doesn't sound. No, Columbus is not as funny. Or Dayton. No, not not as funny. 
And Sandusky. That's, that's on the, oh, Sandusky. That's pretty, that's pretty You're good. right. Funny, yeah, yeah, Sandusky is a funny city name. So yeah, Ohio is is full of them, but not the Plaza Theater. No, uh, yeah. not not in reality. Uh, but this Plaza Theater in the movie Muppets Take Manhattan is showing a movie called Attack of the Killer Fish 3D. Uh, now the sort of general uh, thought on this, if you read Muppet Wiki or other places where this has been written about uh, is that this is probably a spoof of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That movie had uh, come out a few years before this uh, in 1978. Um, it's an interesting choice, though, because Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was already a silly spoof of old ridiculous monster movies. Mm. Um so to right. do a spoof of a spoof is always kind of an unusual choice. Um, have you seen well, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Uh, I have not. Um, uh, to prepare for this, I actually watched a different movie, which I'll discuss in a moment. Because, yes, the common theme is that it's uh, attacked. The common idea is that it's uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But I have a theory that it may also be based on another movie. All right. Which I'll discuss in a moment. Okay. All I right. Can't- can't wait. It's a teaser. Um, I've seen they did a TV cartoon of Attack of the Yes, so I was. That's what I was going to say. And I, and I saw that as a kid. But I, I loved that show. Movie. I like, did too. That was around the time they made cartoons about movies you would not expect cartoons to be made of. Right. Exactly. That's was, the same time as Beetlejuice and Bill and Ted. There was a RoboCop cartoon and a Rambo cartoon. Swamp. There thing. was a Shop of Horrors cartoon. Yes. You guys ever see the Swamp Thing TV cartoon? No. No. You got to check this out because I'm not kidding you. The theme song is a parody of Wild Thing, the hit song Wild Thing. And it goes like this. Swamp Thing, you are amazing. (laughs) You fight everything. Nasty. Swamp Thing, Earth really needs you. Well, that is great. Wow, it was the first cartoon to feature a theme song (laughs) written by two kids in middle school. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, now we don't have to contest that one, and they're like, "Can we go back on this? I'm sure we can get someone to write something better." No, no, we have to honor this commitment. We are singing the Wild Thing parody. Wow. Yeah. Now now bring in the audition. Now bring in the actors to audition for the Rambo cartoon. Right. Kids are waiting for this. Yep. And now we don't have to watch the cartoon after hearing Anthony's great performance of that. So I mean, that's a great synopsis. He he fights nasty things. It's true. You can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I've seen the first movie. There were also three sequels uh, in addition to the Saturday morning cartoon. I have not seen the sequels. Um... And, uh, yeah, so I would like to think that in the Muppet universe, there's like Attack of the Killer Fish 2, 3, 4, you know. So, well, I mean, if this is Attack of the Killer Fish 3D, then oh, maybe does that the imply that they're the third one? Well, yeah, maybe they're there's... going the uh, the Jaws oh, route, right? Oh, right, right. Well, but I was gonna say, um, yeah, you mentioned Jaws 3D. Um, but I don't think this is a new release because New Zealand has seen it 97 times. That's true. I wondered about that. Yeah. But so here's the next thing I was going to say is just about 3D. Um, oh, so that it's weird, though, because Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is not a 3D movie. But when uh, Muppets Take Manhattan was made, uh, it was 
right around the time or a little bit after the time when 3D had had kind of a revival or a resurgence as a, a movie fad? Well, what's weird is I think when they shot the movie, it was exactly when that was happening, right? Yes, yes, like, I would think so. Like, like Jaws 3D is 83. Um, um, Friday the 13th Part 3 is 83. Yeah, 82. That might be 82. 82. And then Parasite, Parasite, the Charles Band movie, not Parasite, the, the Bong Joon-ho movie. Right. Um, there's there's a, 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 a cheap horror movie from the 80s called Parasite that was in 3D. Um, so that's 82 or 83. So like... I feel like between the time that the movie was shot and when it came out, the, the bubble burst on 3d. Like I think so. I, I think they were thinking of it as like a current thing and then a year passed and it was already over. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it kind of started from what I've read with uh, a movie called coming at you, which was like a, a really sort of uh, ridiculous uh, Western adventure movie in 3d in 1981. I have not seen it. Uh, I noticed that it's on Amazon Prime, although I feel like it would be kind of uh, pointless to watch it not in 3D. But <laughs> that's what sort of kicked off the craze. And then, yeah, in addition to the ones that we mentioned, there was also Amityville 3D. That was in 1983. So um, <clears throat> it was having a moment. Movie. Was that? A lot of yeah. horror, horror movies embracing the 3D. Yeah, I guess it's like the idea is that if it's like a killer's knife or a monster lunging at you, that that's effective in 3D. Yeah. Well, well, and what I was going to say though is like looking at this now, because the the 80s 3D craze was so short lived, this scene feels like it's either retro, right? It's like the 50s 3D movies, or it's like ahead of its time because the, the 2010s like 3d craze right 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 which lasted which is i think is i mean even even if movie theaters were open the 3d craze was kind of over a few years ago um uh yeah as a craze i would say they're they're still trying to push it on us right but like when when's the last time you heard about like this movie's in 3d like like that's exciting you know i mean i feel like yeah, some movies are in 3D, but who cares at this point? Where, yeah, whereas, I, like, I can't remember the last time I paid the extra money to see one in 3D. Exactly, I, I can tell you exactly the last time I did. It was yeah. Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Which is which was 2014. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And, actually, no. Mine is more recent because it was uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which was actually kind of cool in 3D. So, oh, hmm. see, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse looks like it's a, a, at a 3D screening, even when it's not. Right. It and already like, has that <laughs> sort of weird uh, look to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I honestly right. don't remember the last movie I saw in 3D. When did Gravity yeah. come out? 2013. That sounds about right. yeah. I saw gravity. gravity was, I saw gravity twice, once in 3D and once not. Gravity was worth it in 3D. I have a list yeah. somewhere that I, I started writing down of movies that were actually worth it to see in 3D, and Gravity so, was one of them. So, listeners, if you have a time machine, go back to 2013. <laughs> yes. See Gravity in the movie theater. Pay or, the extra three bucks. Or I'm pretty sure you can still buy a 3D TV, and you can go buy 3D Blu-rays of these things. So and watch Gravity. Yeah. Move. I'm just saying the, the the 3D craze of the 2010s. The Muppets had two movies come out in the 2010s. Neither of them in 3D. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, can't. Uh, it would have been interesting to see one of those Muppet movies in 3D. I mean, 
I'm 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 trying to think of something funny here, but just to see Constantine, uh, you know, jumping around yes, in 3D, Constantine blowing up the gulag in 3D. Sure. I would like to see Fozzie eat a sub sandwich from Subway in 3D. Yeah, the mayonnaise would just drip right on you. Gross! You would, it would, you would feel like it was in your lap. Oh, it's it was avocado. It was yeah, because it's green because it gets on. It gets on Constantine's face and it covers up his mole. Oh, remember? No, I don't remember that detail. But well, you've got a few years it. to study up on that. I think. Yeah, you yeah. have to check it out, Ryan. Yes. You did watch this movie called Muppets Most Wanted, Ryan. It's I watched one. it so many times. Uh, I know. I'm did. Now that's one you saw 97 times in the theater. I saw it only three, which bummed me out because I saw the 2011 movie four times. Yeah, I don't remember my exact count, but I did see the Muppets 2011 more times I, than Muppets Most I, Wanted. I saw Muppets Most Wanted in the theater, I think. Oh, well, actually, no. It might have been four. That's pretty good. Because... Well, three, two of them were preview screenings. I actually saw the movie before it came out twice in one day because <laughs> the Museum of the Moving Image was doing it in the early afternoon. Yeah. And then in the late afternoon evening, it was at, I think, the New York Children's Film Festival. That's where I saw it. So you saw both of those screenings? Yes, wow. on the same day. That's impressive. Wow. That's, that's dedication. Yes. That's that's a good one too, man. Like, and it was, was like the one time I could lord over the fact that I had seen a Muppet movie before most of my friends because <laughs> they didn't go to the morning screening. Yeah. Oh um, right. Yeah. You saw it before I did then by a few hours. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys I, you guys I did see I did have the pleasure of seeing that movie in the theater in three different states. Whoa. Which were um Missouri, Wisconsin, and South Carolina. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I definitely yeah. can't say that. Yeah. But uh, not you know Ohio. what I love? I love just talking about going to Ohio. movies. <laughs> I know. This is riveting. No, it's true, though. I The only thing I love almost as much as going to movies is talking about going to movies. And I really mean that. So, yeah. anyway. Well, what, well, what is our, that? Going to movies? They, oh, yeah. Remember? Oh, remember? They, yeah. Oh, RIP movie theaters. Oh, man. No, they, they're, they're going to come back. They have to. No, I'm sad. No, I'm sad. So, uh, Scooter's working at a movie theater. He, he admits that he's not actually managing the theater, but he does have a lot of responsibilities. And that's when we see the truth, which is that he's just an usher. He's handing out these 3D glasses. Uh, oh, this... I never even got to the thing I teased earlier. Oh, is it time? The, the... Well, I mean, we talked about it. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yes. Yeah, go for it, Matthew. But there's another movie that I think this could be spoofing called Killer Fish. This is a real movie. It came out in 1979. But why I think this could be the the, the factor here is that it does have a couple big connections one one of the stars of the film is muppet show guest star marisa berenson oh wow oh, cool but the big thing is is that it was distributed by itc entertainment which of course was lou grade's production company oh. which also produced and distributed the first two muppet movies and the dark and crystal the dark crystal yeah wow so yeah. my i have this like feeling that jim henson at least knew about this movie yeah. It is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> oh, so you've it seen Killer Fish? Yes, I have. Wow. Uh, it was also featured in the most recent uh, season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, cool. So yeah. that's 
It, it is not a good movie. It stars Lee Majors, Karen Black, and Margot Hemingway, and James Franciscus, wow. best perhaps best known for uh, one of the Planet of the Apes movies. Mm. I think the sequel Beneath the Planet yeah, he's of in the Beneath. Apes. He's the he's the fake Charlton Heston in Beneath. Yes, after <laughs> Charlton Heston blows himself up i think well, no 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 james franciscus is in it for most of it and you're like why did they get a fake charlton heston and then at the end they find the real charlton no heston Charlton and heston. then and then he blows it up but he's like a prisoner for we need the planet of the apes is not a good movie it's one of the worst ones <laughs> i will say the planet of the apes like there's a dip and then it gets better towards the end and i haven't even seen the most the recent reboot. I'm just talking about like the the 68 to like 74, the original yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. No, well, although although Battle is uh, is bad too. The last one, I think, it, it gets it gets bad and then good and then bad again within five movies. <laughs> that's another once franchise they bring time I am not uh, the, up on. That's when you've really gone around the bend. Right. Well, no, but Escape the the one where they go back in time to the to the to the I guess 1991 officially Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that movie's great, and Conquest is great. The next one. Um, I don't know. We don't need to talk about Planet of the Apes all, right. all day. But Planet <laughs> so. Battle of the Planet of the Apes has uh, Paul Williams. Yeah, he's one of the good. He's, yeah, and John Huston, but they didn't. But their their presence didn't improve the script. All I'm right. sorry, you, you can't talk about Planet of the Apes on a Muppet podcast and not mention Paul. Not mention no, Paul that's Williams. good. That's, that's good. True. Bringing that's it true. back. So, yeah. Um, but yes, I have this feeling that Killer Fish came out in '79, the same year as the Muppet movie. One of them has had a much better shelf life. Yeah. No, you. I think that you've made a, a very good case for the fact that they probably did know about killer fish when when they it wrote is. this in so but it's a terrible movie the real killer fish like I'm, I'm, i get the feeling it's not satirical or spoofy right it's it's supposed to be like a straight horror no movie. it is like a, a heist drama oh. meets jaws oh, i can yeah. give you the, the basic premise it's about a bunch of jewel they, they, there's these people they get together they rob a jewel mine okay and to get the heat off of them they throw the jewels into a in a lockbox into a lake. What uh, they don't know is that the the orchestrator of this heist has then stocked the lake with deadly piranhas. Killer fish. Killer fish. But the killer fish aren't in the movie as much as you might think. Isn't that always oh, the way though with well, movies like I that? Mean, yeah, but neither is Jaws. He's not in the movie as much as you think. That is true, enough. but at least it's about them. This is about a heist that eventually distrust basically turns it awry. Yeah. All right. So uh, we do not recommend uh, seeking out Killer Fish. It is on Amazon Prime. Okay. Just like uh, coming at you. So, um, and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, cool. There you go. So uh, anyway... Scooter is dressed as an usher. This scene inspired an action figure in the uh, Palisades, Palisades Toys Palisades Toys uh, Muppet line, which is much beloved by fans. Yeah. Usher Scooter, he came with a popcorn machine. I do not have this one. Uh, I, I only have one scooter, the, the regular scooter from the Palisades line. I, do you, either of you have this Usher Scooter? No, I don't have any I scooters. Did. Well, I have a plush scooter, but I don't have a... I don't have any plush I, I did scooters, not so. collect. I, I I was a bit young to collect the Palisades. Oh, toys. I guess that's right. Yeah, 
Um, I, I, I was going to say, though, about that action figure. You mentioned he comes with a popcorn machine. Yes. And yet, of the original trilogy, this is the only one where Scooter doesn't sell popcorn. The Swedish chef does. Yes, It's true. Right. We're going to get to that, yeah, in a minute. He's still you seen, know? Scooter is seen in the vicinity of popcorn, but he is not selling it. Right, and he is giving out 3D glasses with pop- popcorn on them. Like, the 3D glasses have the image of popcorn Little. on the sides. Okay, yeah, I didn't even notice that, but... Yeah, so, which I I don't know. I kind of enjoy oh, that. Oh, way, way not to finish the the, 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 the hat trick. <laughs> That's the thing. The trilogy the trilogy will always be incomplete because Scooter doesn't technically sell popcorn. In yeah, well, so in just to remind people, in The Great Muppet Caper, he's selling popcorn in the Mallory Gallery when everyone is throwing the baseball diamond around, which actually, Matthew, you were with us, I think, for that scene. I Last think season. I did right before that oh, scene okay. as they are descending. Okay. And then in the Muppet the... movie, he's he's actually selling popcorn at the screening, right? In the yep. screening room? Yes, yeah. Correct. So mm-hmm. only a buck. Right. Only a so, buck. Yeah, scooter and, and popcorn. It's a it's a tradition. Um another thing I noticed for the first time here is that the two boys, they're two young boys who take 3D glasses from Scooter, they have the exact same haircut and they're wearing the same shirt. Yeah, I so, I, I, I I think they're a twins. I like, guess they're they twins. Look, they look the same, They look like identically dressed, identical twins. Yeah, yeah, I just wonder what the deal is with that. Like, why twins? Well, you know, know, families wear matching t-shirts on vacations. Why not wear them to the movies? Yeah, it's a vacation from reality. That's yeah, it just makes me wonder though how they happened to cast twins in this like very very brief role as kids who pick up three D glasses, but. I had never noticed know. it before. Well, so. the auditions must have been fierce for the <laughs> yes. coveted role of 3D glasses kids. Yeah. Yes. Maybe they were both equally good because they're identical twins and they couldn't decide between the <laughs> two of them, so they cast both of them. Just like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Right. On Full that's, House. That's probably it. Frank I said, I need twins! Twins! Yes. So just like said, that, he said it. Like that. <laughs> now, another thing I noticed for the first time, yet but another you thing. one of them's not wearing a hat. Uh, no. <laughs> Despite the fact that they're identical twins. Another thing I noticed also for the first time is that behind Scooter on the wall, there is a real movie poster. And I uh, clicked play and pause so many times on this, trying to make out some words. On hey, Ryan. It. Yes. Hey, Ryan. You didn't need to do that because Muppet Wiki will tell you that it is 1949's Chinatown at Midnight. Oh, did they? Okay, well, I found it all by myself, so meh. Because well, I did librarian work and found who had already found it. All right, so. <laughs> well, I, I clicked through it until I was able to read the name Herd Hatfield, which, yes. can you believe well, there's an actor, there was well, an actor was, whose name was Herd Hatfield? Well, he's Pontius Pilate in King of Kings. That's what I always think of him from. All right. Uh, Have they, has he that. been the TCM Star of the Month? Uh, probably not with a name think, like Herd but, Hatfield. How could he not be? Um, well, he's my well, second favorite Pontius Pilot behind Michael well, Palin. Anyway, so. I uh, I was able to make out the word at, and then I searched Herd Hatfield's IMDb page for the word at, and I found Chinatown at Midnight, which is from 1949, and it's a thriller set in San Francisco. So there's that. How is it listed I, on I, Muppet I, Wiki? It's not I under the it, the Cleveland uh, page or the Attack of the Killer Fish page. No, it has its own page on Muppet Wiki. Um, China, if you search for Chinatown at Midnight Muppet Wiki, it's on there. But how did you come across it? Um, well, do you want to know the honest answer? Yes. I did exactly the same thing you did. Oh, okay. And then I typed in, 
And then I Googled Chinatown at Midnight Muppet Wiki to see if it was on Muppet Wiki. And it was. Okay. And here I was thinking like, okay, great. As soon as we finish the podcast recording tonight, I'm going to go to Muppet Wiki and add this movie because I bet it's not there. But it's yeah, already there. Um, no, I mean, I, and I should say, um, of course, our buddy Andrew Leal was the one who added it. Uh, to Muppet Wiki. Yeah. Which is his, kind of his specialty is, is adding a lot of these if, references. If and, you know Andrew Leal, you would probably bet money that he was the guy who added that to Muppet Wiki because he's a lover a, of classic movies. Yeah, an old movie expert. So, right. I will say, just because I'm looking it up now, I did not realize Chinatown at Midnight was a Columbia Pictures film. And this is semi uh, relevant in that. Muppets Take Manhattan was a TriStar film, and this was before Columbia and TriStar moved. Oh. So perhaps predicting that <laughs> is, course of events? Is Chinatown at Midnight still owned by Columbia and therefore owned by the it same is, company that owns this movie? It is a, yeah, it is a, it's a corporate sibling of, of Muppets That's Take amazing. Manhattan. That's amazing. Whoever would have predicted. Weren't yet. I don't believe they were yet. Right, I right. think this was before TriStar uh, and Columbia merged. Yeah, no, this would have been. I mean, yeah. yeah, this just has the Pegasus, not the not the but Columbia. Today, wow, that what a what an amazing turn of events. So, <laughs> um, so I guess this is this this actually lends uh, credence to the theory that this is a theater that shows old movies, which would mean that Attack of the Killer Fish is more likely to be an old movie because that's uh, Chinatown at Midnight is several decades old by this point. So. Right. I wonder if Herd Hatfield is in Attack of the Killer Fish. We should do Chinatown at Midnight two minutes at a time. Uh, You wouldn't get that many episodes because it is only 67 minutes long. My favorite length. That's how long Horse Feathers is. (laughs) We'll do a a mini season of Chinatown at Midnight in between this season and the next. All right. Uh, now Scooter tells Kermit in the postcard that he's also meeting a lot of interesting people. And who do you suppose is the interesting person working at the concession stand? That's right. It's the Swedish chef. He is throwing popcorn. He's exclaiming Christopher Walken. He's pretty interesting. Christopher Walken would also be a very interesting person. It would also be a lot of fun to see him working at this concession stand. But no, it is the chef. He's throwing popcorn. He's saying, yeah, der popcorn. No, der poppincorn. Excuse me. Yeah, der poppincorn is 3D. Der poppincorn is popping in your face in 3D. It's just so much fun to see the chef here. A very brief appearance. But, you know, that's all he really needs. But this was like, I mean, like I've mentioned that this was one of the ones I had taped off TV. And when I like, this was what I thought of him as a kid. This is like the defining Swedish chef yeah. moment for me. You know, my friend Jason and I, when we were kids, would say "popping into face in the 3D" all the time. Like, yeah. you know, Swedish chef comes up. That's the thing. Yeah, I I feel like I have said that when making popcorn at home. Uh, I've quoted that line sure. because it's just so fun and just you know. Oh, funny! I, I was never, I was never that way. Though sometimes I will bust out the occasional "what der hey." Sure, sure. Well, That's he's a just such a. I feel like we've never seen him this relaxed. Kind of like hmm. on the show, he was always doing his recipes. You know, like he he had a goal, and things were going That's wrong. You, you know, whereas on this one, he's just like throwing popcorn around, using the the cups as a second set of glasses over his three D glasses over his no eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like it's yes, so but it fun. is also a great 
a, a great addition in the line of, well, we had to fit him into this picture somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, sure. no, you're right, Anthony, that he's not, he's, he's not being foiled in his attempt to make any kind of recipe. He's just hanging out being silly. Right. Because he has a popcorn maker that does the job. That's true. I mean, <laughs> all he has to do is, all he has to do is scoop it and sell it. If anyone could well, mess he, it up, he could, but yeah, I mean, he has, to, he has to put in the correct amount of seasoning and oil. Yes. You know, that, that could cause some problems and, and kernels. Yeah. Uh, Three well, minutes after we see it, this theater catches fire. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, Scooter tries to tell the chef that that is not how 3D works. Uh, it's no use. He just keeps throwing, like he's throwing candy at his face. He's he's watching everything through his 3D glasses, having a great time. Yeah, so who do you think the next interesting character to show up is at the movie theater? That's right. It's Lou Zealand. Who else would you think of? Yeah, he's very interesting. It's nice to see Lou Zealand get a little spotlight here. He he got a little moment in the Muppet movie. He wasn't really in the Great Muppet. Caper, I mean, he gets the he? paper towel. Oh, the, the paper, paper towels. Towel. Yeah, that's right. Okay, he didn't do his fish shtick. His fish sticks. He's back in form here. Um, because he's, he's he comes running into the theater with a bucket of fish, right? Uh, Which is well, like again, I think this movie is why I'm fond of him. Like you know, oh, yeah. I I didn't see that much of the Muppet Show as a small kid, and it's just like who he says his name here, you know, and it's just like that's my favorite right. Muppet. The right. fact that this guy exists makes me so happy. Yeah, y- you know. Yeah, uh, but he's running into the theater without the 3D glasses, so Scooter uh, chases after him. <clears throat> and then the camera lingers for this gag that Anthony just mentioned, which I would be shocked if this wasn't just sort of ad-libbed by Jim Henson where, or whoever is doing the hands, where the Swedish chef puts the popcorn cups over his eyes and sings... <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> And yes, this is another eyes thing. Eyes are popping in dirt 3D. This is another thing that I have done in life when I am in the proximity of paper cups. I will, I will create <laughs> this. Sure. Complete with the song? Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, so we go to the auditorium of the movie theater where the audience is watching the movie. Scooter tries to give Lou Zealand his glasses. He doesn't want them. He doesn't need them. He's already seen the movie 97 times, as we mentioned. And then, yeah, this is he, he introduces himself and explains what his whole deal is. He says, I'm a boomerang fish thrower. I throw the fish away, and they come back to me. Yeah, and then he does that laugh. <laughs> Which I suppose is, is far less depressing than, I throw the fish away, and they stay there. Yes. That wouldn't be funny. Well, that would be, that would be a little bit funny, but... Uh, yeah, throw. nobody else, I don't think, really gets to sort of have a moment like this in this movie, any of these Muppets, where they're not only introducing themselves by name, but explaining what their deal is. So, well, there was, I, we'll talk about this when we well, get there again, but I know they shot a scene with Bunsen and Beaker. Right. At, with the Electric Mayhem. Where right. they are going to like help them out, so I'm sure that those guys. I'm sure that he said like, "I'm Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and this is my but, assistant." And not Beaker. to spoil yeah. things for later, we do see Bunsen and Beaker at this very theater, if memory serves. No, they're with the mayhem in that moment. No, I think it, when they find out that it's time to come back to New York, I think they're at the theater. 
We'll find out, I guess. Um, yeah, I think they're with the mayhem at the the beer hall. Are you? But are we sure? I could have sworn sure. they were at the theater. We'll find I have out. not actually seen the Muppets Take Manhattan in a while. I've oh, only oh. seen these two minutes. Oh, but we'll just- <laughs> you, you have. You've only seen these two minutes ever. Yes, I. You know, I know it's a blind spot. No, yeah. of course I've seen the movie. I've probably even seen it with you at some point, Ryan. Oh, I'm sure that we've been in the same room watching this movie. Yes, uh, yeah. So that's. Oh well, then yeah. So then Lou announces that it's his favorite part coming up, and that's where this clip ends. Uh, so we'll have to wait until next week to see what happens when it's his favorite part. Uh, Matthew, I know that you uh, requested this scene from the movie. So uh, do you have any other thoughts about what's about to happen in the scene? I'll say this much. If they were showing the film Killer Fish, uh, what Lou Zealand does next might actually be terrifying. <laughs> I think it would if- because there are shots of piranha just swimming on screen, blood everywhere. Yikes! It's uh, it's not a good movie. Again, <laughs> I, I guess if if you were actually at a screening and somebody was throwing fish in the audience, you would probably be pretty terrified anyway, or at least uh, grossed out. At least very yes, yeah. very <laughs> very grossed out. But okay, I apologize. I am wrong. I'm looking it up. Bunsen and Beaker are. In the, I, for some reason, I thought that they they are with the mayhem. So no, for some reason, I I'm thought that they were at the movie theater. I do like the idea that they booked it from Wisconsin to Ohio real quick, just like go see. A well, movie. they're not in Wisconsin. I thought the 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 mayhem are in Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh, they're in Pennsylvania. That's, yeah. not, that's not that far. That's not that far. They could do it. That yeah. is a six-hour drive from New York to Pittsburgh. No, but I mean from Pittsburgh to Cleveland. Oh, Pittsburgh, yes. That is also. That's doable, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, we're doing a road trip. Uh, We're going to hit Pittsburgh. We're going to hit Cleveland. We're going to see Joe's parents. We're going to see his family. (laughs) We're going to get together, and it's going to be a lovely time. Great. Let's do it. Joe, you are not invited. I've never been to Pennsylvania either, so. You've never been to Pennsylvania? The chocolate capital of America? Matthew, I'm a Midwest boy, right? <laughs> I and, thought Pennsylvania was sort of that one thing Midwesterners and Northeasterners could agree on. I've been to like the we Hershey both store. we both try to claim Pittsburgh for our own. <laughs> yeah, I've been to the Hershey store in Chicago. So did, did you buy a Mr. Goodbar? Uh, no, I didn't buy a Mr. Goodbar. Um, Roz bought a giant bucket of chocolate. Uh, oh, that's little, good. Mini, some of, there might have been Mr. Goodbars in there. I'll check them. Yeah, please do. Please report back. Uh, so I, I do feel like we would be remiss, even though I forgot to put this in my notes, if we did not mention that the Muppets themselves made a 3D movie. Uh, it is Muppet did Vision. They? Well, they did. <laughs> it is Muppet Vision 3D. As of this recording, it is. it still technically exists at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. I mean, uh, it exists. It's not on a technicality. Well, I mean, they've... they've it is still running and operating. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, Disney World is open now, right? Yes. Yeah. So as of this recording, you could go and see Muppet Vision and see the Muppet characters themselves in 3D. Is Lou Zealand in that? Ooh. Uh, is he in the, the pre-show? Huh. I think he's in the pre-show, but does he actually appear in 3D on the screen in the, the auditorium? I don't think so. Oh, what a um, missed opportunity. 
Anyway, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look that up. Cause... It's good. It's a fun attraction. It's a fun short film. It's a little bit, little bit dated maybe now after like 30 years it's been up. But, uh, I, I hope that instead of, uh, getting rid of Muppet Vision 3D, which is probably what's going to happen soon. I, I wish uh, the Disney Park people would update it somehow or uh, do oh something my goodness. To, to save Guys, it. New Zealand is not in Muppet Vision 3D at all. Too bad. That is that's disappointing. It also I mean, that's it's surprising. Not in his Muppet Wiki credit. Yeah, that's surprising. And I, I feel like at some point in the process, they must have in the brainstorming process been like, Oh, we should have Lou Zealand throw boomerang fish at the audience. But instead they gave us Fozzie with a, with a remote control pie. Yes. Yes. Which is and throwing fish would just distract the penguins. The penguins in the orchestra pit. Yes. I've never seen, I've never seen that thing. uh, It's pretty good. You guys. So, Hey, you guys, I just, I just discovered something. I'm looking at the credits for Muppet Vision 3D. Jerry Nelson is not credited on that's it. That's right. He wasn't at, at all. all. So that's I why think the only character is not in it. Huh. And the, I think the only Jerry Nelson character you see for like a brief second is Floyd, who rides with Janice on a bicycle through Muppet Studios. Oh, okay. Perhaps a nod to both Jerry Nelson and Richard Hunt. Right. Well, Richard's in it though, apparently. Scooter Richard did the pre-show. I think that was after the fact. I don't think Richard did the main film. I don't remember. Oh, is that right? Okay. I think the pre-show thought, might have been recorded later. I thought Bunton and Beaker were like main guys in that thing. Oh, they are. I mean, they're in the main film, but not in the pre-show. Yeah, Beaker is Richard Hunt. Oh, right. Yeah, but we're, we're saying okay. Then maybe then maybe Richard Hunt is in there. Yeah. Or maybe he just dubbed in later. Yeah. That's a very. Strange, I do not uh, know. Well, if anyone out yes, there, Jerry Nelson, not involved in Muppet. If anyone out there knows more about this or why Jerry Nelson is not in Muppet Vision 3D, please let us know. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to just go ahead and say it: I would rather watch Muppet Vision 3D any day of the week than Attack of the Killer Fish 3D <laughs> or or the real life Killer Fish movie. Yes. So, any or more satisfying? <laughs> any final? thoughts before we start to wrap things up matthew i will start with you um yeah can't wait to see what this zealand guy does <laughs> yeah i wonder what it could be yeah well it's his favorite the boomerang part fish star with a bucket of fish what is he about What's he to gonna do? do the movie i bet he's gonna break into a musical number that would have been great i mean i'm not saying that's yeah, not what he's gonna do but stay tuned folks but, yeah i would love that yeah. Or he's going to decide, you know so. what? I think I want those 3D glasses. <laughs> In hindsight, I was wrong. Hey, Mr. Usherman, I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anthony, any final thoughts? So just one thing. Um, Scooter's postcard starts out with, have you heard from the gang? And I love the idea that Scooter is writing to Kermit and expects Kermit to write him back and be like, yes, I have heard from the gang. <laughs> Scooter's just on the edge of his seat waiting to hear. Yeah, I guess that's just... Remind me, which postcards have we seen by this point? That's the first one. Oh, this is the first one? Have this is the first the one, yet? although here's a, this is a, a pretty boring detail from the, the March 7th, 1983 draft, but in that draft, this is one of the last postcards. They moved it up front because they knew it was the, the get people excited. I guess so. Yeah. You, you, gotta, you, you gotta sell this movie in Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So... Mm. 
with that, we can wrap things up for the week. Oh, wait, no. I forgot. I forgot, Matthew, to ask you uh, the question that we ask our guest, which is, what is your history with this movie? Do you remember the first time you saw it? How do you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies, etc.? Oh, the, I can't remember the first time I saw it. I mean, I was raised on Muppets very sure. young. Uh, I will say I do have an interesting Muppet. Uh, I, I, I do have an interesting history with this film, particularly. Uh, one, be, I think probably it starts with the fact that it was one of the films offered in that hunting, uh, that General Mills free yeah. DVD giveaway. Yeah, I think we established that. I am not that a Honey was... Nut Cheerios eater, but I bought the box specifically uh, because I did not have the Muppets Take Manhattan on VHS. Yeah. So, like, the only way to have it was to rent it. I'm like, we had just gotten a DVD player. So I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. I can have this movie now whenever I want. That's a pretty great deal. Uh, I also went to see this movie on a giant screen at in Tribeca as part of the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, I believe I'm supposed to go with a bunch of Muppet fans, but it rained that day. Oh, no. And everyone ditched, so I went and saw it by myself, which is still fine. It's what year was thing. that? Do you know, or how long ago? I don't remember the year, but... I'm just wondering uh, I if I was stage, one of the Muppet fans I got on stage you. during the pre-show because they did a Muppet impression contest. <laughs> Did you and I was I was thrown off by the host because I the Muppet I chose to uh, impersonate was Camilla. So yeah. I just went, and he's like, "That's terrible," you know. Oh no, because everyone else is doing like bad Kermits and Fozzies and Piggies, and I'm like, I'm at least going to try something I have a shot at being close to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, like everyone, I'm sure was just doing the the most obvious like. Right, they were exactly. Yeah, like that kind right. of. Right, they were doing. They were doing Seth MacFarlane as Frank Welker as Kermit the Frog. Right? Yeah. And I'm standing there going, "Fuck, <laughs> You were thinking outside the box. Thinking yes. outside the box, box, box. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and then I think I saw it on, another time on the big screen. Not not quite as big a screen, but at the Museum of the Moving Image when the Jim Henson exhibit opened. Sure. And they did all three of the all the first three Muppet movies in original thirty five millimeter prints mm. uh, in a marathon, and I sat through all three of those movies. Yeah, that's great. It's a good. That's a great way to spend five hours of your life, though. Like, well, I had already. Obviously. It was the opening day of the exhibit, but I had been to the preview the night before, so I had already seen the exhibit. Yeah, yeah and it is go wonderful. Back and see all the movies on the big screen. You've got to see all the movies. You've never seen them. So. Right. Now I have yeah. seen no. What so. are Muppets, guys? <laughs> I, I have no idea what those are. I don't well, know why you invited me here except to talk about a terrible 1979 movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, where do I think it fits in in the Muppet, it, where I would rank it? Because I know Joe and I have gotten into semi-serious arguments. Ooh. I have to say of of the Muppet movies, I think it might be the most overrated. Ooh. I think it it does get a lot of... And it is great. It, it really is great. But I just don't think it quite has... It, it Maybe it doesn't hit me the same way as the Muppet movie and the great Muppet caper do. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like I think the Muppet movie brings the heart and... 
the great Muppet caper brings the comedy. Absolutely. Maybe this was an attempt to meld them together. And I think yeah. it does work. Well, yeah. it look, I would take the most overrated Muppet movie over so many other oh, things. Sure. Yeah. Any day, any of the other films we've mentioned today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That Except for maybe Chinatown at midnight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you would take the most overrated Muppet movie over Conquest of the Planet of the Apes? Because that's a good I, I think I would. Wow. Anyways. Wow. I'll um, just say this much. Does Con- Conquest of the Planet of the Apes have the Swedish chef? With uh, corn popping in your face in 3D. It does not have that. So no, they cut right. that scene. Point, point seated. Um, they cut that scene after but, it tested terribly with preview audiences. I just think those first two movies are, it's just a testament to how great the first two movies are. Sure. But even still, this is a wonderful film and I, I've i seen it so many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I have adventure stories about them, but I, I, I do think it's a wonderful film, but it just, those other two right. have a very special place in my heart. Maybe it was the fact that I didn't have it on VHS and that- where I had the first two. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm, when you say adventure stories... Well, standing in the rain by oh, myself... the adventure it. of going to see the movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, I, I'm intrigued by the, the... And I'm sure we've talked about this before, uh, the notion of the most overrated Muppet movie, which I don't know... I believe this only came out because we did that Muppetational May. Was that one of the categories? I think it might okay. have Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember, but... Um, well, I, I'll say that I think it's definitely been the most divisive of the three on this podcast. Of the ones that we've done so far. Like, like, we've had people say it's their favorite. We've had people say it's, you know, towards the bottom for them. Yeah. And I will say uh, this all started because I watched the Muppets take, not the Muppet Christmas Carol, like many years ago for the first time since childhood. Hmm. And I was like, for because I did not like the Muppet Christmas Carol when it first when it first, you know, when I first saw it, because it is a genuinely, there are genuine, scary, and emotional, sad moments, and I'm thinking that's not what I want in a Muppet movie. I want <laughs> the Muppets gathering together as a ladder to lower down into a <laughs> into the Mallory Gallery to yeah. take down the Jewel Thief. I don't want, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge sort of realizing, you know how he's let the love out of his heart. Right. But then I saw it and I realized with a mature eye and I saw how great it was. I'm like, it's not the most overrated movie anymore. And everyone was like, ah, (laughs) and then of course I posted on Muppetational May and somebody tried to tag Frank Oz on me. Oh, oh, suddenly you don't think, you know, this is the most overrated one. You gotta tell Frank. Yeah, that's yeah. People don't, like to manufacture drama. For yeah, don't own. don't snitch tag guys. Come on. And besides, I don't think Frank Oz gives two hoots what I think about. No, he film. doesn't give any. Oh hoots. no, definitely not. <laughs> and and you know he shouldn't care what we think. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, with that, we can wrap things up for this week. Listeners, make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, all of those places. Thanks to Morgan Davey for our logo, Stacey Rosen for our theme music. Listeners, you can also send us an email 
at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. Tell us what you think of any of these episodes, any of these minutes, future scenes, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Uh, Matthew, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Matthew Soberman on Twitter. I think that's the only public account I have. All right. But uh, I think you can also reach me at Matthew at toughpigs.com. Uh, Frank, if you are, if you do <laughs> care, uh, you can certainly let your anger out on me. I deserve it. But And, uh, and also please be on our podcast. And please be on, just be on our podcast. Uh, if you need me, otherwise I'll be in the back room till the next one. Okay. Yeah. Get back there. Go on. Right, yeah. Let me know if they, uh, if they get that Broadway show off the ground. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see you back here for the saddest, most heart-wrenching moment in Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Very, very well. <laughs> All right. So, listeners, if you don't mind, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever, and please tell your friends about the show, and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along, Killer Fish. In 3D! Pumpin' the corn!